0: Audrey, it is just so exciting. We have not taken Tech Vibe Radio on the road in quite a while, and well, I'm We, so we excited. had to
1: wait for springtime. We did. We had to and wait for springtime. We were remanded for the winter. That's oh. what it was, remanded <laughs> for the winter. I love it. It's true. So yes. we are
0: hanging out with Huntington Bank for our Tech Vibe Neighborhood Tour here at LifeX, whose mission is to help reduce the global disease burden fantastic work going on here and across Pittsburgh's life sciences and across mm-hmm. Southside. We can't tell these awesome stories without Huntington Bank uh-huh. getting behind us and saying, hey, come over here and tell us some stories. Like, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> I love it. It's too and much And it's fun.
1: exciting because the stories that we've been talking about today are really tied to the future and not just being, diminishing the work that's gone on in tech, but these are really life-changing solutions. And the community needs to get around it. They really need to wrap their heads around the work that these scientists are doing. And getting scientists out of their natural habitat into the commercial world isn't really easy,
0: no, it's as not.
1: you well know. Yeah. In terms of Huntington Bank and helping, you know, small businesses.
0: Exactly. And we Absolutely. Have, we have Lindsay Cost here from Huntington Bank, and thanks for hanging out with us to get the show into high gear.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. And we're we're very committed. To spreading the word and getting these scientists, as you say, out into the commercial space and the messaging of what they're accomplishing here in the community.
0: They're untold stories, and we get to tell them.
2: Yeah, because they really of this. are yeah.
1: untold. And, and you know, a lot of these people who have actually come up through science and academics are not used to talking about what they're really working on, other than in their academic settings or through papers or through their colleagues. And now they have to sort of tell the world what they're working on. And there are many people who don't understand the kinds of problems that they're solving in academic speak. So it's so cool for us to be able to talk to them and break it down so that you and I can understand what it is that they're trying to solve. And they need money. They do. I mean, they really need money in all shapes and sizes. And I know Huntington Bank's been the region's preeminent in terms of small business association, 7A, loans and helping women and underrepresented people get access to money. Access to capital is a huge part of what we at
2: Huntington are committed to doing here in the small business community. But the way that we can support businesses thriving and the communities thriving crosses the gamut of just the access to capital, which we are very excited about. But what we're doing here today and the opportunity to get to support the, the community towards and supporting the promotion of what they're doing and help, your support in being their mm-hmm. advocates That's and, a, and a, a launching pad for their messaging is so meaningful and we're so excited to be a part of that because we view our mission at Huntington to be um, a supporter of our community in the sense that the businesses in the community form the community they hire the community they right. support the community as we help the businesses thrive we're helping our communities right. grow and, and what, that's exactly what and, we're and,
0: and what better part of the community than our life sciences community who are they're building some really tough companies here that take decades to build but they're improving the quality of people's lives and what good is a community if everybody's sick <laughs> if people aren't feeling well and this industry i think is just aimed right at that sweet spot of like just impacting people and the world in so many positive ways, and Huntington Bank gets right behind it with us to tell these stories.
2: Absolutely, Jonathan. You get we get excited to share the success of any any firm that's really growing the community. But there is certainly something special when you're talking about reducing the disease burden exactly. and how right. that impacts right. future generations. A small,
0: small thing like small
2: that. Small thing like that. Exactly. That is a meaningful contribution right. that these these firms right. are making. These 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 innovators are making, and we are excited about. It about what they're doing, and it's just fascinating to hear some of the projects that they're working on and how they can delve into these problems that you, frankly, as a layperson without experience in the life sciences, I'm not even aware that these really were meaningful problems. Mm-hmm. I, but to understand I, them, but that they're, they're also digging into these solutions exactly. and innovating in this way is it's very thrilling.
1: So what are some of the things that you do in your role at Huntington that people would be not just they'd be surprised to hear it but they need to know. Well,
2: I think that what I'm my role at Huntington as our SBA product specialist is to provide capital for firms that are in a really entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. What that means for firms like this is that I help provide debt solutions for firms that are growing or even starting up. Huntington has injected in the Pittsburgh community we injected 35 million in capital to, to firms using this program last year. That's which, amazing. And these Very are firms cool. that are our startup, and they discount their opportunities, and their advisors don't think that there's necessarily bank funding. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah it's often overlooked. Really- it seems like, but you, you need to look at that first.
2: And it can be really impactful for the innovators themselves because when you're thinking about debt funding versus, you know, equity raises it can be a meaningful decision matrix that they need mm-hmm. to weigh into. Right. How much of the enterprise, frankly, do they get to maintain control over to help f- fulfill their vision right. to the end stage?
0: And that's why I always say, don't be shy. Reach out and contact Lindsay. Like, these people want to help. They want to hear from you. Don't feel like you can't navigate these channels to find out you know, if there's a good fit as far
1: as that is. And so what's some of the profile of the SBA 7s? Are there any kind of generalities that maybe you can tease us with?
2: Well, it's exciting that you can use the program when there are limited fixed assets. So when you're talking about... Oh, that's great. Yeah, we can fund basically unsecured commercial loans. We have to take whatever collateral is available Mm -hmm. by the program. But it means that for firms where the assets are intangible, they are IP, then we can still look to leverage this as a funding solution. To make projects work, so we can use the funds for payroll. You can use the funds to oh, cover
3: wow. the, the rent,
2: and it's not just fixed, you know, bankable programs mm-hmm. like buying equipment. Certainly, we can do that with the program, right. but it can handle a lot of the intangible working capital—the
0: operations stuff, right? Exactly. Yes,
2: absolutely. Now, there, the the program is not for all startups. Right. It's always a question of a conversation and whether it's the right exactly. fit for the program. Right. But, it can surprise some firms to think that this might be an option for them. No, to No, I centered.
1: encourage people to do that. They should have a conversation with you and your team because there are things that typically when you are starting a company, you don't know everything. And you think that there's one pathway just because you have that information coming at you. But what you don't understand is there's different ways to think about how you want to own your company and grow it. Absolutely, and we aren't a, a one
2: solution institution. So the conversation may mean, hey, you're not. This isn't the right program for you. Right. But I can still provide you some guidance that another client of ours has done. We still have some other options right. for you to exactly. consider. Exactly. That's why it's so important. Have the conversation. conversation.
0: Reach out. Go to Huntington.com and check it out and learn more. And I can't thank you guys enough for making our show tonight at LifeX possible, because we couldn't do it without you, and we're going to have some important conversations, and we're kicking it off with Evan Thatcher, who's the interim CEO of LifeX. He's going to tell us the latest on LifeX, and really how this place functions and how it's helping life sciences really rocket forward here in the Pittsburgh area. And like I said, these are important stories, Audrey. I cannot wait to get on with it. Simple as that. So, And, Lindsay, thank you so much thank for being so part much. of this. Thank yeah. you,
2: Jonathan. Thank you, Audrey. You guys,
0: are just a tremendous resource out there for the tech world, and you need to know Huntington's out there to help you out. Simple as that. So anyhow, we're taking a quick break, and we are coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio on location at LifeX in Pittsburgh's historic I had to say it that way just for fun, right?
1: Can I say it that way? No one's laughing. Well, the rest of the world won't know what you mean. <laughs> they
0: probably won't, but I did. So <laughs> oh, That's mm-hmm. so funny. Anyhow, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And
1: this is Audrey Russo. We're from the
0: Pittsburgh Technology Council, bringing you Tech Vibe Radio every single Friday night. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. Audrey, it is too much fun when we take the show on the road to LifeX on Pittsburgh's historic South Side with Huntington Bank. we get to have so much fun with Huntington.
1: This is great. It's great to be back in this I space. I don't know if I can mention that. You should. I this think... is great space. This is uh, Maya Design's space after they left um, Sydney Street. And they were pioneers. Maya tends to be pioneers in lots of ways, not just uh, space. So we're sitting here in the Kiva. And the Kiva is a round room contained with all white boards. And uh, it has capability to capture almost anything that you write on the walls. I don't know if they still have that system rigged up in here. No, yeah. you don't, according to our maestro, who we're going to talk to <laughs> Exactly. In a who is he's, that maestro, <laughs> Audrey? Yeah. He's going to say, NIP. we don't have that. Yeah. So no. Let me let me pass the baton. It's great to be here. And uh, it's great to be here at LifeX to talk about what's happening. We're
4: well, glad to have you both here. Excited to talk about what we're doing.
0: Yeah. So Evan Thatcher, you're a man with many hats, as we said before. You do so many things
4: while being the interim CEO of LifeX here. Who is Evan Thatcher? So I am in my day job. I'm the vice chancellor for innovation and entrepreneurship at Pitt. I'm also the director of the Innovation Institute. And starting about three months ago, I was asked uh, to serve as an interim CEO for, for LifeX, given the connection between what LifeX
1: is doing and, and what we're yeah. attempting to do at the university as I well. Mean,
0: yeah, Pitt and life sciences are like, they just go
1: hand in hand. So let's so let's dive in, mm-hmm. right? So we're here at LifeX. So why don't yes. we start with that okay. and talk about what the vision of LifeX is? So a lot of
4: the reasons why LifeX was was created was due to some of the output from the Brookings report mm-hmm. that basically said we are punching above our weight as it relates to new ideas in the life sciences coming from the region. So if you just look in that one point seven square mile region of Oakland that contains Pitt and CMU and UPMC. Over 30% of the total university R&D for the entire state of Pennsylvania is in that little tiny area. And because of that, and because of the health system, and because of the way Pitt has from from a National Institute of Health Funding perspective, there are so many life sciences ideas that are being generated in that little footprint. And the challenge has always been taking those ideas and then making sustainable companies of them and keeping them in the region. So the goal was, how do you take those ideas and make sure they go through the university systems, but they, they, that they stay here? And one of the missing elements was, once they get out of the university's hands, we give them a pat on the back and a congratulations and a good luck. And good luck. No, Tell it works out. There's no safety net for them. And right. while they're inside the university systems, they have years of safety nets and they have right. years of working with us. And then they get the door and we say, see you later. And they say, well... What do we do next? Life sciences is, is very complicated. and They didn't it have is. that amount of help.
1: It is, and talk about that a little bit because you know people think, oh, you know, th- this is what commercialization looks like. Or there are people who are listening and have no clue.
4: Sure. So life. So the average time to take a therapeutic from idea to the market is probably over a decade and probably cost near a billion dollars, and that's because life sciences projects are so complicated because we have an idea that's going to eventually get into somebody's body and we have no idea how it's going to work or how it's going to react using animal studies are useful. But until it's in humans, we really don't know what the impact is going to be on humans. So in order to make sure that there's safety and then there's some kind of efficacy, we have to test large numbers of humans. And that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of uh, specific capability related to clinical trial design, regulatory reimbursement, things that aren't as straightforward as programming something in a, in, in a computer code or, or making some kind of piece of hardware. You have all these additional regulatory burdens you have to deal with. It's people's lives, after all, and, and to, uh, which is obviously all the testing
0: and which the horizons take so long for yes. that, which is why I think it's amazing that we have these resources here in Pittsburgh, as you said, having all of this capability. And now to really be able to focus that and help these companies... Stay on that path. It's
4: amazing. The idea is how do we give them that help that they need over the longer period of time? So
1: what happens in the safety net?
4: So inside of the safety net, there are, A, it's the creation of an ecosystem. So there's this convening effect where we're trying to get more and more of these companies to be either physically here. They can rent office space more like a co-working space. Or we have events. We bring outside speakers. We have office hours. We have these Tuesday bio-breakfasts. So we want this to be a place where people that are in that space can come. If they are portfolio companies, they get additional uh, help from entrepreneurs and residents. they can uh, they can get access to other services that are, that are provided here that just someone off the street may not may not get. But it's very analogous to what we're doing on a campus perspective where you get access to a, an individual that can help continue to hold your hand. You can get additional education and additional training. But here it's really specifically focused on, on the life sciences needs or the life sciences education. And so for
1: our, for our listeners, define life sciences. Mm-hmm.
4: So for us, life sciences is really any technology that is going to provide a healthcare benefit to an individual. So it could be a drug. It could be a medical device. It could be a piece of software that's used in, in the hospital system. So it's anything really that is going to help a human live a, live a better life in one form or another. So it is. It's actually fairly broad.
1: It is pretty broad. Mm-hmm. And are there examples of this other places in the country?
4: Yes. So a lot of a lot of the more successful regions that do life sciences that we know of, the Boston's and, and the San Franciscos, um, and the Research Triangle Parks and the DCs, they have these other organizations that are not within side of the university that provide this kind of help and this kind of service and and really try to take these ideas from where they're created locally and and have them stay locally and and grow up and be successful.
0: And having the university behind that, I think is just absolutely amazing. And to have this resource here is just so great. You talked before about the community, which I think is so important because the men and women that are building these companies, I mean, it's like trench warfare. I mean, it is, you said a decade for someone to build a company and and the tenuous path that must be on and to have other people they can, who've been there, done that. I know some of the folks we're going to have on today, you know, they're, to bend down that road. So to have those people all stopping by, being in the same building from, from time to time must be huge. Yeah. Kind of keeping the morale up and the the, the hood ornament pointing forward, right? It's,
4: yeah, because we, we have this cross-section of individuals. We've got someone who, who you'll talk to who was an undergraduate. Their work in their undergraduate uh, field at Pitt was something that they then created a company around. So this is someone who a few years ago was a senior in college and now he's the CEO exactly. of a medical device company. That's awesome. All the way through folks that may have been repeat entrepreneurs and they're doing it again and they're here as well. So you get this it couldn't be it couldn't really be a broader mix, but it allows all those individuals to see things from different perspectives. Yeah.
1: So in your day job. Yes. What's your day job?
4: So my day job at at Pitt is really overseeing the commercialization infrastructure of the university. So All the intellectual property that's created on campus, all of these ideas that will eventually emanate here, taking those technologies, assessing which ones we want to move forward with, which ones are going to become new companies, we'll license a large number to existing big companies. So it's taking that nearly billion dollars of r&d that's happening on pitts campus taking, this is
1: like number 3 isn't it it's in, huge. in
4: from, na- from a national institutes of health perspective right right. We're, we're that's, just, a, mm-hmm. that's, that's just top right top here in pittsburgh in oakland this is just so amazing sitting right next to the, one of the largest healthcare systems in in the us that's why exactly. kind of this lifex idea has right. been a long time coming we have one of the top healthcare systems and one of the top right. Uh, research institutes and a lot of those ideas don't stay here; they they go elsewhere. We exactly. want to keep them all. Local. Keep them
0: all here, and that's what you guys are doing. Amazing stuff! I'm, first off, we're so glad you're doing what you're doing because right.
1: that's so making So, what Pittsburgh. do you do for fun?
4: Yeah, what do I do for fun. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us—we have the opportunity to really change the, the region and the innovation economy. And there's exactly we think that we have such a upside opportunity that we're starting to take advantage of. That this is this is fun. This is exciting. I love it. Super, this is great. Any fun.
1: any other interesting things going on at the university that you want to share?
4: Lots of interesting things. What's Just the, yesterday you, alone, yeah. we you, had reveal day. We officially announced the new, the return of the retro colors for Pitt on ah, a permanent basis. Very cool.
1: What are the retro colors?
4: It's more of the, the 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 yellow and the and and the blues versus kind of the the gold and the and the darker blue. So oh. all the older colors are coming back. Big party on Bigelow oh, yeah. yesterday. Unveiled the new Nike. Uh, store that we have on right on campus Oh, right! So, love it that's exciting. did you cool. bear gifts there are lots of things going on yes.
1: <laughs> yes. very
0: cool <laughs> hey we gotta take a break we're coming back with more tech vibe radio from lifex here in the south side brought to you by huntington bank they make the tech vibe radio neighborhood tour tnt happen so glad to have those partners this is jonathan kirsting and this is audrey Russo. learn more about the pittsburgh technology council by going to pghtech.org being on the south side here at LifeX. I
1: know. This is my home. It's this way is so crazy. too much This was our space. space. I, I love it.
0: Back in the day, Maya was out of this space, and now you're back here in the Kiva, and we are talking to some of the coolest companies in Pittsburgh, some companies I've never even heard of until today. One such company, started by Andre Germain, knocked them. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show and thanks for hanging out with us. Well, thank you for inviting. It's a pleasure. Yeah. But first off, who is Anne Germain? What is your background?
3: Um, I am um Actually, on leave uh, from the University of Pittsburgh, where I was a tenured professor of psychiatry for okay. um, a long time. And um, I have been training in, in sleep research and clinical sleep research, behavioral sleep medicine, for almost 25 years really? now. Really? Wow. Whoa. So sleep is my home. That's your thing, right? <laughs> my <Wow>. thing. <laughs> it's my <laughs> thing, too. <Yeah.
0: laughs> I wish it were my thing.
3: <laughs> we all need... Not necessarily more, but the good kind of the sleep. The good kind The restorative, yeah. sufficient, a sufficient amount restorative in a predictable way. That's Absolutely. What defines good yeah. sleep. You uh, flunk. Oh. John the flunks. There's always a way to, ways to, to catch up or to, to recover from that. Uh, but uh, at Pitt, I was, um, my research program there focused on, on two different things. One, understanding what goes wrong in the brain when sleep problems happen, understanding the brain mechanisms that contribute to sleep disorders, um, and how do we treat sleep disorders, developing, testing, refining treatments, uh, making treatments that work more acceptable for patients and for clinicians because they're not necessarily easy to do. Uh, A lot of the work that that I was doing there with amazing teams at the University of Pittsburgh um, led us to... Uh, collaborations with colleagues at Pitt who uh, developed um, digital technologies to try to augment the scalability of any kind of medical treatment. Um, and when I met them and I was talking about the kind of sleep treatments and sleep work that we were doing in the sleep space, we decided to join forces and developed... Um, a digital health platform that allows us to basically multiply people like me. <laughs> multiply <laughs> and, people like you. So that people, there's tremendous demand for, for sleep um, treatments are, are like, uh, at least right. 80 million it's gotta Americans. It's got to be
0: massive, I believe it. I, oh, I, a yeah. I million know.
3: Americans suffer from insomnia.
0: And I think you're the first mm-hmm. person I met when you said, I get a good night's sleep. I've never heard anyone ever say it.
3: Really? Yeah. really? So I,
0: <laughs> nobody.
3: Just saying it. So there's yeah. some like good um, sleep practices that okay. improve sleep quality. I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll <laughs> do that us some,
1: Give us some helpful. Uh, tips.
3: So, well, the basic principle is really, you know, sleep is by the brain for the brain, but it's also very responsive to our environment and our behaviors. It's actually trained by our daytime behaviors. So, if you sleep at the right time and you sleep at the right amount and you're very regular about your sleep think of it almost like your diet right if you exactly. are very um, mindful of what you eat when you eat it what you eat and then sometimes you have some excesses and, so, and then you go back to your healthy routine it's the same thing with sleep that if you have a routine of sleep and it's very consistent you get up at the same time every day of the week and yes sometimes we don't sleep as much because there are special events or, or um, we catch up a little bit or we sleep longer because it's a rainy day and you don't feel like getting up that's all good and fine once in a while but typically a regular sleep schedule getting up at the same time every day exposure to bright lights uh, and it doesn't need to be a very sunny day just being outside early exactly. during the day right. um having a lot of activity or being more active during the daytime hours and then quieting down relaxing more in the evening hours keeping the um Stressful thinking activities to the daytime, where our brains are, are more efficient as, at thinking and analyzing. Worrying at night never a good time because you know our brains are tired; they're not as efficient at thinking. I think and the
0: night just... is the best time to worry. Uh. <laughs> As you can think about the next day, <laughs> it might be in front of you. It
3: may be a good time, yeah, but then no, it's going like, to compete against sleeping. Exactly. So at that time, it's, what, what is it? And you're right, actually. You know, The brain is designed to think, to analyze. So if at night or in the middle of the night, your brain has to make this decision between thinking and worrying, and, and not efficiently, so you get what stuck in those... What if I think motion. about worrying? Um, see that is yeah. too the same thing is going to be too activating and exactly. not consistent <laughs> he's with he's one of those people resting. that
0: need your help <laughs> I do I need to the knock them out so how, tell me how does this how does knock them work then how does it help me mm-hmm. get a better night's sleep I'm
3: so it's um, there's an app you mentioned uh, yes. an app so the people we work with receive an app that is only activated if there's somebody at the end of the line like me that gives oh. you an activation code
0: okay so you have to work with, with somebody in the yes. field then right there's somebody
3: okay. in the field uh, you'll have your own sleep coach it's a real person at the end of the line. And that person uh, will be able to basically monitor in real time how your sleep is doing, how you're doing, how your sleep profile looks like. Um, And we have algorithms that we've developed that help us identify very quickly what kind of sleep problem you have, and most importantly, what kind of behavioral recommendations should be offered. So Anne, I just find this so interesting that
0: You don't have to necessarily go to a sleep lab in order to have your sleep analyzed. That's just so exciting.
3: It is, for a lot of people, yes. For some sleep disorders, you do have to go to a sleep lab. But for a lot of them, either it can be assessed at home or the information that would be provided to um, the sleep clinician that you're meeting with is sufficient to make a diagnosis and have a really good estimation of what kind of sleep problem and, what kind, most importantly, what kind of treatment should be recommended.
1: I love it. I love it. And so
3: what, is the, what are some of the most prevailing diagnoses? The two most prevalent sleep disorders are sleep apnea, when you stop breathing at night while you're sleeping. The other one is insomnia. Uh, for, in, for sleep apnea, there are mechanical and, and surgical or dental, even uh, treatments that are wow. available, and they're easy to get to. That's great. <laughs> For insomnia, we also have very effective treatments. Um, The first-line treatments that are recommended are actually not medication treatment, and though there are some medications that are effective for insomnia, but the preferred treatments for insomnia are actually behavioral changes. Getting your sleep health back on track, basically mm. with behavioral modifications. Getting your schedule set. And exactly. Relaxing. And, like, and adapting don't work it out maybe. before you go to bed. Um, for most people, that could be disruptive. Some people can do it. It varies with age That's too. It. Uh, but we really try to recommend like generally speaking having activities during the day and at night closer to bedtime to set the tone basically for your brain to be able to relax I mean, and relax fall asleep bit, exactly to me insomnia is more is scarier than sleep apnea it's the opposite in a way and where sleep apnea people don't necessarily sleep very well but they're sleepy all the time and they can fall asleep very easy because uh, their nighttime is so disrupted right. With insomnia, people want to to sleep, they have enough time to sleep, dedicated to sleep, but they're unable to fall asleep or to stay asleep, and then they start worrying about sleep. They experience the consequences during the day, they're tired, their mood, their it's concentration. Like it snowballs is on itself a little bit. Wow. Exactly. Yes. Good. And then people start, start spending a lot of time paying attention at their sleep, trying different things. Um, they're very motivated to treat their insomnia, except that there aren't that many. Um, gadgets out there that are effective for it—you can see a number of apps and different widgets that right, are available seen for that. sleep. I've like meditation, and for some white people noise. that can be effective. Um, but the first-line treatments that we have—they're really hard to get to because there are not enough doctors or clinicians that are trained in, in providing the, these treatments, and, and they're typically offered in those traditional brick-and-mortar sleep clinics where you do get the best quality of treatment that you can get. If you can get there, if it's available right. in your right. area, exactly. and after oftentimes having a long waiting list um, period. So, right. so and tell us a little bit about working at LifeX here, being you know, or to say having
0: being part of LifeX with Noctum, having Noctum go through the be part yes. of LifeX. What's so, that been like for you? I mean, obviously putting you in a community of people, plugging you into resources. What's that been like?
3: Um, tremendously beneficial at many levels. So, I'm an academic. I'm a researcher, I'm a clinical researcher by training. I know a lot about sleep, about doing research and and treatments. When it comes to commercializing the ideas that come out of the research and saying, well, we have all of these great findings that are very promising. Let's take them out in the real world and see if we can make a difference. Gotcha. Um, that's really taking the commercialization channel, and this is outside of my typical comfort zone. So you
0: got these people plugged in with you to help move that forward. Exactly. No, and this Love is it.
3: why like landing at LifeX has been tremendously been beneficial in multiple ways, because I am surrounded by, by mentors, by people who have this expertise, have this experience. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And the, the teaming of we have the content, we know what we're doing, where we're coming from in terms of the technology, the content, sleep. Um, but when it comes to business development, right. growth, thinking, there are some similarities with academic research. It's
0: but not the many, same for, exactly, many, many that are areas different. that are completely
3: exactly. different and completely new to me. So my learning curve has been very steep. And at the same time, I have the guidance of what I should learn at what right. time versus what can wait or, or what's relevant right. for our type of company versus um, other types of commercialization efforts. Well, there is a combination of an artisticness to business
1: as well that's not necessarily all just hypothesis testing. The, exactly. And that's a shift yes. for many people like yourself.
3: Uh, it is, and the kind of um, the approach in research is very. Uh, prescribed right. right there's a certain method right um in business you're right it's a bit more creative there's still some paths well, still that some are some paths paths established right. uh, but within these paths um you can be very creative and and not necessarily bound to one path you can right. jump from one to another depending on the on the situation right. or that's what i've learned so far i'm still very new and, you still, and, <laughs> and
1: sometimes if you're
3: 60 percent there you can launch yes which is very different for people who have worked in science. Yeah. Yes. In so, a And we're very fortunate to be in this position with, with Naughton where because of the relationships that we've established over time, because of uh, some prior work that we've done in research and with our collaborators outside of research, That we're actually positioned to start basically having people using and testing right. our solutions outside of our hands um, and hopefully really make the difference that we're looking to make. Super cool so stuff. So how can we find yeah. out about Noctum?
1: So is there an app now? Is there anything I can download? So
3: the, um, the app is not going to be activated unless you're already part of our program or okay. part okay. of one
1: of our partners. Who see, uses I just want to learn program.
0: more about it and see if I can get part of it. Where can I go right. that?
3: And You can go to our website at mm-hmm. www.noctumhealth.com. Dot com, and that's N O C T E M health.com.
0: Just that simple. And Jermaine, thanks for stopping out and Thank hanging out. Thank you up. so much. Hang with us here at LifeX. Thank you. Having a great time here with Huntington Bank and our Tech Vibe neighborhood tour at LifeX. Hanging out with great men and women just like Anne here. Great stories happening here in Pittsburgh, only in Pittsburgh. This is Jonathan Kirstein. And this is
1: Audrey Russo. We're from the
0: Pittsburgh Technology Council, having way too much fun doing the show every Friday night. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Audrey, another Tech Vibe Radio neighborhood tour with Huntington Bank, almost under our belt. It's like a time machine when we're, when we're in the old Mayakiba. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> I, I love being I love being here. It's kind of crazy. I
1: helped build this this room. That's a beautiful room.
0: Yeah. Isn't it cool? Like, yeah. It's it's like round. I, I want this for like my full-time studio.
5: Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is great. It's got a nice little view of what my wife calls Stars Hollow right Stars out there in that little Hollow. square in front of, uh, uh, it's a Gilmore Girls
0: reference, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Hey, we are talking to Lucas Stuber from Toby Dynavox.
5: Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate
0: it. And you guys are right here on the Old South Side. We are.
5: We're just like eight blocks away. This was a quick, easy walk. I was
0: going to say, you walked over here, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you won't make much on mileage traveling all over here. No, you? I don't think I can build that much. <laughs> exactly. So, what's your background? You said you just started with uh, Toby. Uh, yeah, so I'm nine. actually
5: I'm a speech language pathologist by trade. I got my master's in applied linguistics and then went back to become a speech pathologist. It was oh, one of those. You
1: um, like being on the radio.
5: Yeah. I do like being, yeah. I know. We're, yeah.
1: You're <laughs> we're, so articulate. We're
5: language-oriented people, yes. for sure. So. And I've actually, I've done a podcast before about our discipline, so this is actually great. feels oh. familiar at the moment, although I have to say much uh, fancier, but...
0: Um, you always try to class it up here on Tech. Yeah, on that's cool. What can I say? <laughs> I go for Tech.
5: Um, but so that's been kind of my background. I actually worked as a, a clinician in the schools and in private practice, working with uh, mostly children who were nonverbal, either on the autism spectrum or uh, because of another disorder, like cerebral palsy or whatever that might be. Um, specializing in what we call augmentative and alternative communication, which is a very wordy term that I think we need to revise. But basically, it refers to what everyone thinks of um, Stephen Hawking. Right, so it's like a voice output device for somebody okay. who otherwise can't speak. Right. Um, so, funnily enough, the largest company in the world that makes those happens to be right off Carson Street in the Southside uh, in Pittsburgh.
0: And that's why Pittsburgh uh, is so cool. Exactly, we have companies exactly. like yours here. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And your technology is just so powerful uh, because it's you're literally giving people a voice. I mean, that's so cool.
5: It's it's a really uh, it's a fascinating fascinating company. I mean, um, or industry even generally. Um what's amazing about it is that we take sort of all of the you know the complexity of of modern software development and then combine that with modern hardware development um, we you know we're also making eye tracking equipment for people that are completely paralyzed uh, to interact with computers and those sorts of things and then we layer all that on top of the complexity of language and trying to you know encapsulate and teach kids how to speak and those right. things so um it's a it's it's not an easy job but it's a highly fulfilling one definitely okay.
1: And so describe the population of people that you're really reaching and touching and augmenting their lives.
5: Sure, absolutely. So... um... There's, I mean, there's a number of populations, right? I mean, the sort of traditional ones, speaking um, from uh, like the eye gaze access uh, perspective, would be like ALS, for example, with Gehrig's disease, um, right. maybe older adults with spinal cord injuries, those sorts of things, folks that um, just need another way to, um, to speak other than using their mouth or hands, right? Um, but increasingly now, it's also becoming uh, children with autism, autism right. spectrum disorder, right? That's probably the, the biggest rising uh, population for us. Um, cerebral palsy, Rett syndrome, um, a whole
1: variety of things for the pediatric. How large is the population of people who have communicative disorders?
5: Uh, It's pretty enormous. I mean, we sort of estimate that uh, in the United States um, alone, uh, there's well over a million people that actually could benefit in some way from our technology, Mm -hmm. whether it's um, augmentative, which would be implying that it sort of is assisting them just a little bit, or completely alternative, you know, something that's, that's completely the replacement, so... Um, it's uh, there's there's a ton of folks out there that could benefit from this that don't that don't even know that it exists. Right? right. So that's one of the reasons why we like to do a show like uh, this. That's why we're so
0: glad to have um, you here because people and know so that you can solve their problem for them. Yeah.
1: And so many people who are school aged have or have an individual education program. Yes. Known as IEP. Yep. Sorry, could you be written into those IEPs?
5: Absolutely, 100%. So that's that's typically the way that um, a lot of school-age children get access to our equipment, either okay. um, an IEP or an IE- IFSP right. in preschool, right? So um, uh, that's where a lot of folks will encounter our technology for the first time. The flip side being, of course, that that sort of requires a school team that's trained and knowledgeable and right. kind of knows what to work with and know, those sorts of right. things, right? So that's a big part of what we do also is not just build the stuff, but then also go out and educate people about it. But um, you're absolutely right. Wow, IEP. You know what an IEP is. That was great. Oh, I know. Audrey's got <laughs> right. deep
0: knowledge, man.
1: Very deep knowledge. So, in, in that world, there's also people beyond the age of 22 and they're no longer eligible for the yep. IEP. But what's fascinating to me is I've sort of watched Toby over the, or Dynavox over the time and now sure. Toby Dynavox. You spent a lot of time in the hardware for mm-hmm. a while in the journey. Where are you now in terms of deployment? And well, the tools that you use.
5: The, yeah, that's a, so. That's a really interesting question. I mean, um, obviously, that's that's one interesting thing about this industry is that we're sort of keeping up with the apples of the world that are making right. these tablets and everything, and we have to sort of keep pace. Yeah, because you know, I
0: mean, obviously, iPads creating so many solutions for people. Right. How do how do you, how do you, you know, plug in with all that?
5: Well, so it's we we sort of we do a combination of things. So. Um, you know, so Dynabox, which was founded here in Pittsburgh in 1983. Um, 1983. Focus, yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. when so cool, the Tech right?
1: Council, they were, right. I that know. Was, mm-hmm. You've
5: been around, yeah. Um, that's
1: when the Tech Council started. Oh, no kidding. Same okay. Year. Okay. And Then the founders were involved in the Tech. Great, creation. which would have been, exactly. so at
5: that time, called Sentient Systems, but um, exactly. that's great that they were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: they helped launch. Oh, did
5: Look at this. This
1: right. is like
0: the. It's like a the little building on you know, right. here. This
1: is great.
5: That's what happens in the Kiva. <laughs> Lyfex, <laughs> the Kiva, okay? that's what I mean. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so founded in 1983. I mean, the focus there uh, sort of historically was on the, the touch market, right? So, like, devices that were activated by actually pressing the screen. Right. Um, in 2001, separately, Toby was founded in Stockholm, Sweden, which was focused on the eye-tracking right. side of things. So, in 2014, when they came together, it sort of merged um, the two uh, different entities into like this super beast that one really specialized. One big old company. Right? Yeah, like one really specialized in the software side of things and one really specialized in the hardware, mm-hmm. the, you know, this eye tracking, um, you know, which is a complicated thing. It's and
0: and you came together as, as, as two companies, but Pittsburgh is still a major... Yeah. What you guys do here, right? Oh,
5: yeah. Yep. We have about 470 employees, and about um, a little shy of 300 of them are right here in Pittsburgh. Wow, so, that's amazing. Um, you know, we have offices also in Norway and Sweden, but, you know, we're watching we're right. right here. So. Do you get
0: to go to Norway that often? I,
5: You know, it's funny. We were just talking about this in the lobby. I, you know, I, I wish I could go more often during the summer. It's the winter trips that are not so much uh, fun, yeah. right? But <laughs> that's when you get
1: the good prices for airfare.
5: <laughs> but right now, our focus, I mean, is, is sort of twofold. So, you know, we mentioned the different populations. We obviously still make these big purpose-built... G- eye-tracking devices that usually are funded through insurance right. um, because they are, you know, it's expensive technology. We Believe me, we'd like to uh, bring that all down, but, um, you know, often it's insurance that funds that. But then for this whole other population, like autism spectrum disorder, we increasingly make, like, apps for iPad and right. things like that, so they don't need to go the big expensive route. Oh, okay.
0: okay, so you have to be able to actually run an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, oh, yeah. So cool.
1: So do yeah. you see any of the eye-tracking technology Be embedded in some of the new tools and the new platforms.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're um, so certainly within us. I mean, we're always sort of iterating on our hardware, trying to improve the Mm -hmm. the eye tracking and those things. Um, Separately, um, you know that the eye tracking stuff is also being used in all kinds of other fields like uh, gaming, market research, uh, even um, medical research, things like that. Um, that. So, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch over the next few years, especially in terms of uh, like virtual reality and augmented reality right
1: and so the other thing that's pretty amazing is the number of people that have been diagnosed on the spectrum for autism and that's believed to be a communicative disorder
5: uh yeah many primarily i mean that's typically the way that it's identified in schools is as a communication disorder um obviously it is a very wide spectrum right and um the the phrase spectrum also sort of implies like a line from low to high and i hate that it's really more of like a color wheel right right makes sense in the same sense as i'm maybe very high at I don't know, answering questions on the radio, I hope, but very low at cooking or whatever, right. you know, I mean, every, right. we all have our peaks and valleys. Um, there has been definitely um, an increased identification of autism. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's clear whether there's been an increased incidence of autism, right? So we're, we're definitely finding these kids a lot more. Yes. Um, but it's unclear whether it's actually rising due to any particular factor. So,
1: And so mm-hmm. what, it, what would surprise us about Toby over the next, when you think about the next year ahead?
5: Wow, know? that's a great question. Um, Well, um... I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's coming up that's going to be really great. Um, I can't talk about most of it; they'll jump through the walls and take me down or something. Right. You know, these different things. But we don't uh, want that happening. Yeah, <laughs> give, <it>. give <laughs> us a taste there. We can imagine. <laughs> we can imagine. Well, we're always looking to iterate on what we offer for folks. So we're looking at all kinds of new, um, different access methods. I mean, we think about eye gaze as being, um, you know, one way for people that are completely locked in to communicate. But there's also all kinds of interesting developments in terms of brain-computer interfaces and different things that um, that can be done. And um, uh, you know, again, we're just we're. In in such a neat hub here mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh in terms mm-hmm. of the tech sector. The only thing I would ask anyone listening um, who's in the tech sector is stop hiring all my developers. I need
0: like
1: oh, three right now. I know. Three
5: of them. If okay. yeah, anyone's listening and is we'll inspired us, by this, get all
0: of us. Well, tell us actually a little bit
5: about <laughs> Well,
1: But the more people know about the work that you're doing, right? Exactly. And yep. what kind of impact they can have to help change people's lives. Perfect.
5: It's and it's an amazing job. Can't say. I was
0: going to say. I mean, obviously, you're it's it's life changing work. At that point, you're not just being a developer. You're being a developer to help people communicate. It is. It's powerful stuff.
5: Yep. And our even our um you know every one of our software devs or hardware devs. I mean, they're out in the field interacting with customers along with our clinical team. Um, all the time. So they get that, that really cool sort of experience of, uh, you know, seeing, you know, this, we're not just updating the firmware on a smart fridge. You know, we're making an immediate impact on someone's right. life.
0: I mean, I can only imagine when you see, like, somebody who's not been able to effectively communicate, all of a sudden being able to express themselves. Yep. And it's because of well, the work so that you're doing. it's so life-changing. Very life-changing. If you've ever
1: yeah. been around anyone who's never been able to communicate by the time they're three or four, and then they have an opportunity yep. to identify objects yep. and put things together...
5: We had a mom recently that used to always sing in the car back and forth with her son that was on the spectrum and um, finally got one of our devices and did some training. And a few weeks in, she's singing in the car. And one of the first things he said to her was, stop singing.
0: Oh, my goodness. Ah!
5: (laughs) You know what? I love that story because he got to control his environment. That's perfect. And now she knows. Think how many
1: behavioral problems occur. Most behavioral problems occur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm because of lack of ability to articulate. Right. Yep.
0: So yep. people want to learn more about these jobs and all the awesome work that you're doing. What's the best place for people to go and learn more about Toby Dynavox? Absolutely. So come track us down at
5: tobydynavox.com. Okay. Um I'm sure you can also I imagine go to your website and mm-hmm. you find the information right. there. Of um uh, search for us. I mean, we're all over the place. My name's Lucas Stuber. You're welcome to contact me directly or um, click on the About Us and get hold of us any way you can. Great. Thanks
1: you so much. Yeah. Thanks I really for your time.
0: You're making it. Pittsburgh proud and the South Side super cool. Awesome. Yeah. Simple as that. So glad to be on the South Side here at LifeX in the Kiva. Couldn't do it without Huntington Bank. They are our main sponsor when it comes to all things tech vibe, neighborhood tour. It's been a long time. It's already, already since we have been out of the studio and it's in great. the environment. So it's been great hanging out here. Can't think enough uh, to be doing what we do here. So absolutely love it. Hey, Thank we have you. another TNT happening next week, Audrey. Right back here again. So there's more of it coming. Remind you to keep dialing in every single Friday to Tech Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting,
1: and this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us
0: at pghtech.org and have an awesome weekend, everybody.